0: Before we get started with today's message, if we haven't met before, my name is Ashley and I'm the senior pastor here. And I want to encourage you, if you're married, go to XO. Like put it on your calendar, make it a priority, plan your kids' stuff around that. It is so important for your relationship. My husband and I, the first time that um, we came to Hope one of the first events that we went to was XO, and it was just um, so helpful, so encouraging, and it helped us like look at things and take our marriage to the next level. And that's really what we want for everyone here, to experience God in their marriage and take it to the next level with his help. So you can sign up today in the foyer after this experience. We've got some uh, computers in the foyer. You can sign up and go to nyhopechurch.com as well. We're also going to have a dessert tasting that night. I think it's going to be super fun. Can't wait to see what that's like. All right, so anxiety. We're talking about anxiety. And is that feeling of nervousness, of worry, of unease that could be because of something you know is going to happen. Like you know you've got a big meeting this week and you're feeling anxious about it. Or you're going to your in-laws after church and you're feeling a little anxiety. Um, Or it's about things that you don't know the outcome. Like you're not sure what's going to happen. Some anxiety is good. For example, if your child is playing in the street, anxiety is a signal to you to go and get them out of the street, right? And then your anxiety dissipates once you retie- retrieve your child and they're safe. It's good, it's helpful. But there's another kind of anxiety that we all deal with that comes from internal voices. It comes from external situations. It comes from things that we can't control. And it shows up where we feel like we need someone or something other than God to be okay. For example, maybe your heart races when you get into conversations with new people and you're just thinking about what are they thinking about what you're saying and you're thinking about saying the right thing and you don't even hear what they're saying because you're so in your thoughts and so nervous about pleasing them and that shows you a place where you want to please people. But we were never meant to please people, you see. We were created to please God and get our identity from Him. So anxiety in those places can help us It can help us grow as we look at it together. Anxiety is a fruit. It's not a root. It's a symptom that allows you to take action, not a cause. It's the tip of the iceberg. And we'll put an iceberg on screen for you. You know, 10% of the iceberg is above the water. That's that feeling of anxiety. But there is so much more beneath the surface. That 90% is the source. It's what's beneath the surface that sinks the ship. It's like the Titanic I was 11 when I saw that movie. You guys seen the Titanic back in 1997? I saw it with my dad in the theater, and it was pretty awkward. I mean, I don't think you should go see it if you're 11. Now, having seen it and having some awkward scenes that I was sitting by my dad for, uh, but the actual Titanic, the actual Titanic, you know, they received five iceberg warnings, and then for the, they received another warning and you see the wire operator. he was real busy, you know, he receiving those five messages, but also the wires had been down. and so he, part of his job was to communicate passengers' messages to shore. So he had like a whole big stack of messages that he was catching up on, and he's trying to hear uh, the operator on shore. And of course, they're really far away, so just the voice is really staticky and tough to hear. And then he's got this guy talking in his ear for the sixth one, and he says, "Hey!" iceberg warning. And the operator's like, shut up. I'm busy. That's really what he said. Shut up. I'm busy. He was paying attention to the wrong voice. He was trying to catch up, trying to listen to that voice on shore, but those voices at sea were trying to help him. And 30 minutes later, the Titanic was sinking. He forgot the truth about icebergs. What they saw above the water wouldn't have sunk the ship, but most of the iceberg was below the waterline, and he was listening to the wrong voice. Anxiety is an invitation to look beneath the surface and to do something about it. It's not to say, shut up, I'm busy. And at the same time, it's not to swing the pendulum the other way and obsess over self-awareness, but simply to turn course and follow Jesus on a path of freedom. series is called denoise and that term it's a term in editing where you have a sound on a recording but there's also other sounds on that recording like maybe the microphone didn't pick up the sound too well so you hear some mechanical sounds or maybe there's background noises and when you're denoising you're isolating those other frequencies and then you're removing them so that you can hear the one thing that you actually want to hear For us, anxiety is the noise, and we want to notice it. We want to identify the voices and thoughts and beliefs that cause it, and we want to listen to the one voice that can set us free. Today's message is called One Voice. Tell the person next to you, one voice. 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 Proverbs 3.6 says, Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Listen for him in everything, everywhere, which means... Tune out the noise, noise that comes from too much to do and too little time. This past year, I was dealing with a lot of stress at work. I work here, by the way. (laughs) There were some situations caused by other people that I was navigating and then helping people process on top of leading this organization, which I love to do. And I was really at rest with Jesus, really enjoying my rhythms with Him and having a Sabbath with Him. I was having a great time with my family, like we were enjoying a great season together. I had some amazing mentors investing into me. I have an incredible staff team. I was really happy. But at the same time, I had these nagging symptoms. Like when I went to bed at night, I would sleep from 8 p.m., And try to wake up at 5 a.m. but keep hitting snooze because i was just so exhausted and i would get tons of sleep but just feel tired all day long and repeat the cycle the next day and some days i would go to bed and even though i was completely exhausted i couldn't sleep and it's it's not like my mind was racing with thoughts or anything i just couldn't sleep and then on top of that i just always felt full i didn't have an appetite I was like, oh, no, am I pregnant? I don't know. That wasn't it. And then I'm like, well, I'm 36. Maybe, you know, seasons are changing and hormones are doing some weird things. So I made a doctor's appointment. And when I went to the doctor, they said, you are suffering from stress. Stress. And mentally, I felt fine. But physiologically, I had to pay attention to the signs my body was giving me. I had to pay attention to the tip of the iceberg and learn to recharge more physically in that season. I've never had stress affect me that way. Maybe for you, anxiety looks like a racing mind. When you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing you think about. When you go to bed at night, you have thoughts running through your head. Maybe it looks like anger fantasies, where you're just imagining, giving that person a piece of your mind. Maybe it looks like a knot in your stomach. It's like upset stomach, da, 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 da you know, hey, Pepto-Bismol. Maybe you have an ulcer. Maybe it's a pounding heart. You know, uh, maybe it's a panic attack or high blood pressure. The first step of freedom from anxiety is noticing it. We're going to put that on the screen for you. Step one today is notice your anxiety. Notice it. Jeremiah 6.14 says, You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. The The Titanic crew member, he ignored six warnings before they sank. We want to act on the first warning, at the first signal. Remember, anxiety is a signal. According to 2022 data from the American Psychological Association, 27% of adults say they are so stressed that they can't function. That's more than one in four of us are so stressed we can't function. We'll put the graphic up on the screen for you. If you're under 35, 46% of us say, I'm so stressed I can't function. That's almost one in every two people. Some people reported in the study that they're so stressed, they're numb to feeling anything. They're feeling things in their body. They're feeling things in their mind. 91% of high school and college students report consistent and significant levels of anxiety associated with stress. 91% of our young people are dealing with anxiety. Anxiety is pervasive in our culture. It's everywhere. It's the norm, not the exception. And more than that, it's a symptom of our humanity. It's our tendency not to trust God, to wanna be in control. If you wanna have calm in the middle of anxiety, you must come to grips with the fact that you're not in control. You're not in control. And it's okay, you don't have to be. I'm not in control. Yes, we need to take steps of faith. Yes. We need to do everything our hand finds to do wholeheartedly as unto Jesus, but God is the one in control, and the way to find peace is by trusting him. Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food to eat for God gives rest to his loved ones. Other translations say God provides for his loved ones while they sleep. We can't do that. Only God can. It's useless to live our lives without him no matter how hard we anxiously work. And there's a better way God is in control. He has numbered our days. He's ordered our ways. We make plans, but He directs our steps. We trust that He has our best interests in mind. And that truth is so simple. It's easy to miss. You know, we often overlook it. We're like, that can't actually be the thing. And so one in 10 of us use drugs or alcohol to cope instead. That's not what He wants us to do. It's not what He created us to experience. One in six of us take antidepressants. A US News study from April 2022 found that people who took antidepressants for two years, at the end of the two years, every single person in the study said they felt no physical, no mental changes, no better quality of life. And I'm not dissing antidepressants. If you're on medication that you need from your doctor, you stay on that unless they advise you not to. I'm not against modern medicine, but I do think that we have a problem where we diagnose anxiety as this blanket thing, and that's it. We don't look at anything under the surface so that we can find freedom. Once you notice the tip of the iceberg, you can do something about it. And that is so empowering, come on. And the thing is, we don't do it alone. We do it with Jesus. He helps us. So point two today is that we want to look beneath the surface. And this is beyond where modern medicine goes. We want to pay attention to what's going on under the surface of our lives. It's important for our spiritual growth. You know, it's good to talk to God through prayer. It's good to read his word. But there's also a place where we want to let him look at things within us. God gave us a new nature when we trusted in Jesus. It's a nature that lives by the Holy Spirit. But there are still some internal voices hanging around from our old nature. There are still some things that God wants us to surrender to Him, to trust to Him, so He can put truth on them, so He can clean them out, so we can live the way He created us to live. And then point three today is we want to listen to God's voice. We want to listen to his voice. We want to notice the anxiety. Look beneath the surface, but we want to listen to his voice with those things. In the middle of the chaos and the busyness and the distractions, we must seek God's voice. First Kings 19:11 says, There was a great wind, so strong it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, that's his cloak. He went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Some translations say that there was a still, small voice, but the original text says there's a sound Of silence. That God spoke to him out of the silence. There was so much going around going on around Elijah. You know, there's fire, there's earthquake, there's wind. It's like, whoa. But God wasn't in any of it there can be so much noise swirling around us so many voices we must look for God in silent moments like Elijah where we simply listen for his voice if you seek him you will find him if you listen for him he will speak to you but you've got to tune out the noise you've got to de-noise some of us are afraid of that silence we're afraid to be alone with our thoughts But those are the places that God wants to help us and to speak to. His voice, it calms us. Think about how Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. The Bible says he spoke to them. He said, peace be still. And they were calmed. It's the same for us. How is our anxious heart calmed? By letting him speak to us, by listening to his voice. It's the same thing that happens when children hear their mother's voice. There was a study done by uh, researchers from the University of Wisconsin, and they took these children ages 7 through 12, and they had them do some public speaking. Uh, for one group, they had them call their mom first, and their mom just encouraged them. And another group was a control group, and they didn't talk to their mom. And they found the ones who heard their mom's voice, didn't even see her, didn't even hug her or physically, anything. They just heard her. They had uh, oxytocin produced in their bodies, and it helped them be less stressed. And actually, their cortisol, their stress hormone, went down just from hearing their mom's voice. If there's that much power in our mother's voice, oh my goodness, the voice of God is even more powerful in our lives. Come on. He will calm you if you let him. He will calm you if you listen for his voice. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep recognize my voice. And then Zephaniah 3:17 says, with his love, he will calm all your fears. We talked about it a little bit last week. One thing we want to do in 2023 is make time to hear from God. There's one thing that matters, one thing that can't be taken away from us, one thing that empowers us and fills us. He can lead you and when to take a break so you don't feel exhausted when you make time for him with the one thing. He can lead you in your conversations with your spouse so you don't stick your foot in your mouth. He can do that. He can lead you to stop binge-watching shows that aren't helping you and spend time with him so he can fill you. We want to recognize his voice in everything that we do, moment by moment. We want to be listening and responding. Revelation 3.22, Jesus says, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. He says, hear, listen, and understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know, sometimes we have selective hearing. Know what I'm talking about? My husband and I will be talking to each other. One of us isn't really listening. They're hearing the words of the other one, but maybe their mind is a million miles away thinking about something else. And, And then the person who's talking says, are you listening to me? And then, yeah, we repeat the last line we heard. We're like, of course I'm listening, honey. Uh, But we're not really listening, right? Most of our problems come from not listening to the Holy Spirit. And there's not condemnation in that. But he's speaking, and he wants us to listen. So he says things to us like, don't buy those clothes. You don't need them. And we do it anyway, and then we feel anxiety about our budget, Or he says, go talk to that person. And we're like, "Mm, I'm afraid, I don't know who they are. And we miss out on a blessing that maybe they wanted to speak into us. Or he says, I love you so much, and we don't believe him. And we work to prove our worth when he's inviting us to rest. Listen and do what the Titanic operator failed to do. Respond, adjust course, take action. There are four voices of anxiety that we're going to be talking about throughout this series, and it's the inspiration for the logo behind me. And as we talk about each voice, we're going to light up different parts of that just to help us remember. There are four voices going on beneath the surface of our lives. The first one is our internal voices, internal voices, the space within us, the voices inside our head. The Bible calls these voices our flesh. Psychologists call it our shadow side our false self, the part of us that gets our identity from what we do, what we have, and what other people say about us, instead of who God says we are, instead of who he made us to be, instead of our identity in Jesus. Our flesh has a need maybe to be in control, maybe to be the smartest person in the room, or to make everyone laugh, or to be validated. They're not bad things, but these needs, when they're met, they consume us more. We're like, They laughed at my jokes, and then every time I have to be funny. When they're meant, they entrench us in self-reliance, where we think we have to be something that God never said we had to be. Last week, my pastor, Richie, texted me. He lives in Florida, and he's right before the 9 a.m., he's like, I'm praying for you, and I'm watching online right now. And I was like, oh, that's great. I wish I didn't read this text right now. In my head, I'm like, I hope I do a good job. And then I'm like, ew, that's a thought in my flesh. No, I don't want to please him. I'm made to please God. If I'm thinking about pleasing him, that's going to be my only reward. And it's going to be a waste of time. So I'm changing my thoughts. You know, I switched um, what my mind was focused on. I said, God, I surrender to you. I love Richie and I love the feedback that he gives me. I value that so much, but I don't want to please him. I want to please God. And I started praying in my prayer language and just surrendering my flesh to God. Our flesh will do things like that, but it's okay. We have the power to say, I'm not going to listen to that voice. Maybe you've had a similar experience with someone in your life, a boss or a parent or an authority figure. You want to choose to quiet those voices. Maybe internal voices are things that you've said to yourself. They're coping mechanisms from your childhood. They're things that you think other people are thinking or things that the enemy is whispering in your mind. The enemy speaks negative and destructive thoughts to you. He builds them up over months and years until they become what we call strongholds. These are well-worn paths where you easily believe things about yourself that are against the knowledge of who God says you are. These things are lies. But those voices are not God. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, We have power over them. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The Word of God, what He says, and His voice, they demolish strongholds that have been in your life maybe for decades, but it's up to you to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus, to capture them and to get them in alignment with what he says. When the devil whispers in your mind, you know he uses the first person pronoun, so he's not going to come to you and say, you're not enough. Instead, he's going to say, I'm not enough. There's not enough of me to go around. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not enough. And because it's in the first person sometimes we listen to that voice and we're like yeah i'm not enough but i want to tell you he has no power over you he has no authority in your life you've got to identify those things as noise and remove them so you can focus on one voice god's voice the truth of what he says about you so you take those thoughts like i'm not enough and you take them captive And you don't let them go until they're obedient to Jesus. And how do you do that? You look in your Bible for what God says about you, or you Google scriptures about my identity in Jesus. His voice is the only voice that matters. And then you change your confession. You say, the truth is I'm not enough, but I don't have to be. That's a lie to think I have to be enough. God's power is made perfect in my weakness. Christ in me is the hope of glory. He's given me everything I need for life and godliness because of him. I am deeply loved, highly favored, totally righteous, and completely blessed because of Jesus. He's enough. And then we walk in freedom. We're not held by that lie anymore. We're not held captive by it. We take those thoughts captive. We're going to talk more about internal anxiety next week, anxiety around mistakes, blind spots, doubt, anger, and the things we've been talking about right now. Um, I hope you can join us and bring someone with you who needs to hear this. If they're under 35, one in two of them really needs this, you know, and the rest of us, I mean, 20%, that's so many people. We have hope that people need Everyone deals with anxiety in some form, even King David said Psalm 13923Search me, God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts." You know David had a lot of reasons to be anxious over all the seasons of his life. like there was one time where he committed adultery, he murdered someone to cover it up. You know, sometimes we cause our own anxiety from our choices, like you should have anxiety if you made those decisions. Remember, anxiety is an indicator that we need to take action. Maybe make some things right with other people. Maybe talk to God about some things. Sometimes our anxiety actually comes from other people. That's the second sphere of voices. So the first sphere is internal voices. The second one is external voices. People talking to you. People you interact with. As a boy, David's family, they looked down on him. As a young adult, he found favor with the king. And the king tried to kill him many times. Uh, crowds of people were saying, David's amazing. He's killed tens of thousands of people. And his wife, she said she was embarrassed by him. He's got all of these voices speaking to him. Some are good, some are bad, some are blowing up his spot, some are belittling him. All those voices are reasons to be anxious, but they're not God. David chose to practice calm in the middle of anxiety. Psalm 131 one two. he says, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. I've calmed and quieted my soul. He anchored his soul in God and what God said about him. He chose to live according to who he was, not his false self, not who others said he was or who they wanted him to be. Maybe your grandma struggled with an eating disorder and your mom did. And now when your mom speaks to you, she always says things about your weight. That'll cause anxiety. Maybe your dad is sarcastic and he's always tearing you down. Not to be mean, but it's just what he does. That'll cause anxiety. Or your coworkers, they put you in a lose-lose situation. You don't have to surrender to those voices. They're not God and they do not have the final say. Part of the stress that sent me to the doctor stemmed from someone who was spreading lies about me. The thing with lies is that you can say whatever you want. And you know they came here one day and they were screaming at me and then they're telling people this thing and that thing and I'm like, God, why don't people come and ask me the truth for themselves? God, I'm angry that someone would be like this. God, I'm sad. It breaks my heart that people would be like this. God, what do I do? And my flesh wanted to do a lot of things. But I trusted in God. And he gave me this verse, Jeremiah 1.8. Don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Right. He's, so He's so good. A few days later, someone prayed for me. And they prayed that same verse without knowing that the holy spirit had already been speaking to me about it they were just confirming his voice and i chose to listen to god instead of listening to my anxiety and wanting to be in control and i'm telling you his ways are better you can trust him All right, so we've got internal voices. We've got external voices talking to us. The next one is, uh, letter C, external voices, that's anxiety between other people. So not necessarily people talking to you, but like if you go to someone's house and you're having dinner with them and they're real sweet and, and then they're a husband and wife and they start fighting. And you start feeling really awkward, like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to go now. That's external anxiety. Maybe it's something going on between two coworkers. Maybe it's something your children are telling you about what's happening at school. It's not a situation directly involving you, but it's between two other people. Another source of that is culture, voices of culture, where truth is easily distorted. You know, it's really normal in our day and age to be like, well, this is true for me. But it doesn't have to be true for you and what's true for them is different than what's true for her and there's no solid foundation there's no actual truth there's nothing to put our footing on everything is changing and shifting like sinking sand remember anxiety is a feeling of unease about something that's uncertain if the truth is always changing that everything is uncertain, and everything's a source of anxiety. And it's no wonder 91% of young people struggle with anxiety. That's why our voices are so important, Hope Church. We have the source of peace that people need. When we trust in Jesus, we have the truth in us. We have the truth. All we have to do is share it. John 16:13 The truth the spirit of truth will come and guide you in all truth. He will not speak his own words to you. He will speak what he hears revealing to you the things to come and bringing glory to me, Jesus. The spirit has unlimited access to me, to all that I possess and know, just as everything the Father has is mine. That's the reason I am confident he will care for my own and reveal the path to you. Listen to his voice. He'll keep you on track. He'll reveal the path to you, he'll guide you. I love it. God speaks to Jesus, Jesus speaks to the Holy Spirit. When you trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's the part of God in you and he's speaking to you. God is three and one and we have some of him in us and we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. And everything that the Holy Spirit says, it lines up with the word of God because his truth doesn't change. If you're hearing anything that contradicts the Bible, you're listening to the wrong spirit. Simply dismiss it as a lie. The enemy doesn't want you to walk in truth. He knows when you renew your mind in what God says, his influence and power over your life in that area will be broken. Truth sets us free. Romans 12 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The plans he has for you, they are so good. good. And they're not a mystery. It's possible to know his will. Let him change the way you think according to his word. Apply his word to the part of you that's under the surface. Listen to his voice, and he'll change you into a new person. We do the listening. But he's the one who does the changing in us. We rest in him and he transforms us. There's one more source of voices of anxiety. It's others' internal voices. So we all have our own internal voices. And then when we're talking to someone else, besides the external voices that are happening, they have their internal voices. And they have their lenses and filters and background and things that they're processing. When I'm talking to you right now, each of you has your own internal voice by which you're hearing what I'm saying. Those are the four areas. We're going to be talking about those for the next four weeks. I'm really excited about this series. With Jesus, you might still struggle with anxiety because there's always more places to open up your life to his truth but it won't have the final say. If you'll trust him with that, he will break you free from that anxiety. If you've trusted in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. Turn up his voice. Turn down the other voices. He'll teach you everything that you need to know. Our last verse today, 1 John 2, 20, 27, the Holy One anointed you, and you all know it. I haven't been writing this to tell you something you don't know, but to confirm the truth you do know and to remind you that truth doesn't breed lies. You've received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. What he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. He's speaking to you right now. You're empowered to learn how to listen to his voice in the middle of the noise. You have access to him because of Jesus for thousands of years people didn't have access to him, they had to go through a priest, they had to hear from a prophet they couldn't talk to God directly but we can talk to him if you're not hearing from him, there's not something wrong with you, you probably just need to make time to listen practice five minutes of silence a day, just to listen to him he will speak to you he'll calm you and you'll learn to recognize and respond to his voice. That doesn't mean you don't need to go to church. The Holy Spirit uses the gift of teaching to teach us, to make things clear, to encourage us, to confirm what God is already speaking to us. There is more power when we come together corporately and in unity than there is on our own. The Bible says there's a commanded blessing that happens when we gather together. I was counseling someone a few months ago, and we were talking about two options that they had, and both were really good options from the Bible. And at the end of our conversation, they said, Well, Pastor, what do you think I should do? And I said, What is God speaking to you? They didn't even have to think about it. They already knew. They already knew because God speaks to us, they just wanted confirmation. You don't need direction from the outside when the Holy Spirit is leading you on the inside. Maybe you don't like what he has to hear, but he's speaking. Many times after you've heard from the Holy Spirit, you'll get confirmation from some other place. Maybe from a message, maybe from something you read in the morning, something a friend says to you. He'll confirm his word. And as you listen to God, he'll change your life. He's speaking to you right now it's so simple he's surfacing things in your heart listen to him really listen and respond